0: the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Fire, wind, and water, all present manifesting something for us on the day of Pentecost. These three elements of God's creation manifesting for the world to see, At the outpouring of the person of the Holy Spirit into those people that day. And here, 50 days after our Lord's resurrection and just beyond His ascension, on the day of Pentecost, the promised Holy Spirit is poured out so that God dwells not with, within mankind, within His people. And each of these elements are used by God on this day so that everyone who is witnessing this would show what was being fulfilled for them as the Holy Spirit would be poured out. Fire, wind, and water also extraordinarily helpful reminders to us of our most true selves. Our remade identity by virtue of our baptism and being filled with that same Holy Spirit that we see poured out in the second chapter of Acts. The day of Pentecost itself was one of the many annual prescribed feasts in the liturgical life of the Hebrew people of the Old Covenant. It was celebrated once a year and every year at this time. Jews both from in Jerusalem, but also from the dispersion, that's all the nations surrounding Israel, All of the Hebrew people would converge onto Jerusalem. Jerusalem would be a madhouse. It would be filled with people wall to wall. If you looked at Jerusalem from an aerial view, you would see tents, hundreds and thousands of tents surrounding Jerusalem because people had traveled to be there to celebrate this blessed event. But what was the celebration? What was this remembrance of the old covenant? What was Pentecost? Pentecost every year in the Old Covenant, the Hebrew people were called to celebrate the feast, remembering the law being given to Moses on Mount Sinai and then delivered by Moses and through Moses to the people. We have the beginning of this in Exodus chapter 19. And I want to share with you just briefly the sights and sounds of the original Pentecost on Mount Sinai. Because if we don't see the sights and sounds of what happened that day, we won't see how this fire and how this wind and how this water all pointed to its fulfillment. So here are the sights that they saw. All of God's people gathered in Mount Sinai. They were there at the base. And when they looked up at the mountain, here is what the mountain looked like to them. At the very top of the mountain was swirling smoke because God had descended upon the top of the mountain in holy fire. Fire was at the top of the mountain, and they all saw it. And there was a thundering noise. Thunders and lightning, thundering and lightning, and the sound of a blast of a trumpet they were hearing from the top of that mountain. And so the people said, I think we'll stay at the base. And I understand from where they were at that time. They saw that fury. They said, Moses, you go. Send the leader out, right? You go. And Moses went up, and at the top of that mountain, in the midst of that fury, Moses met with God, and God with Moses, and God spoke to Moses. And God, with his finger, wrote his divine law in fire on the side of the mountain, the wall of the mountain giving him those blessed tablets that Moses then turned to the people. He returned with those tablets, representing God and delivering those tablets, the law, to them. And every year, God's people were called to celebrate this event, the event where God met with Moses and we saw that fury. And from that fury came the law given to us by Moses. And on this day... That we're celebrating today. This is what they were celebrating. And it's on this day that God would fulfill the type that the Mount Sinai event had always foreshadowed. And the many prophecies that had been related to this very day that tell us so much about what our Lord has done for us to save us. So now let's look at the fulfillment from our epistle reading in the second chapter of Acts. See if you see similarities to Exodus 19. What do we see when the Holy Spirit is poured out this day? We see tongues of what? Fire. Notice where they descend. They don't descend on the base of the floor. They descend on the very top upon the heads of each and every one of them in that room. Looking kind of like Mount Sinai. The fire of God descended upon them. And they heard a loud sound as of a mighty rushing wind sounding off for all to hear as this was going on. that Just like the great noise that was heard at Mount Sinai that day. And where God had with His finger written His divine law in fire in the stone. In this day, the prophecy of Jeremiah in chapter 31 is fulfilled. God said, I will put my law in their heart and I will, I will put my law in their minds and it upon their hearts. Each disciple on the day of Pentecost in that very moment became what Mount Sinai and Moses had foreshadowed, the place where man ascends to God and to receive Him and to receive His nature and then to turn from being with God and to go and to take all that He had received and deliver it to mankind. And what about this sound of the mighty wind? We talked about the fire. You get that? But the wind. You know, wind has always been, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, it has been the very earthly element, or at least one of them, that represents the work and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In the Gospel of St. John, in chapter 3 and verse 8, Jesus is having His conversation with Nicodemus. And Jesus tells Nicodemus, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it. but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. And then the prophet Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 37, is given a vision that would become a prophecy for Pentecost itself and beyond. It's the prophecy we know as the prophecy of the valley of the dry bones. You remember that prophecy? Ezekiel is given this vision. There's this entire valley and all there are is dry and dusty bones. It's the picture of lifeless mankind. But we see them come back to life and how? In Ezekiel's vision, we see and hear about this wind of breath being breathed on the bones. And when the breath hits the bones bit by bit, Flesh and ligaments and muscle and all of the organs and the body parts join together and the dry bones come to life. They dance with life because the wind has hit them and brought them back to life. And right in the middle of that vision, God speaks and says, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they might live. On this day of Pentecost that we read about today, that we celebrate today, with such a loud sound as of wind, those who were dead from the fall of man, the breath of life refreshes them, and they come back to life again, being joined in that union with the divine Holy Trinity. So that's the fire, and that's the wind we see. What about this cloth? But we're told that the disciples, having been filled with the Holy Spirit and endued with power from on high, they go around the city speaking miraculously in languages they'd never spoken before. And God in His wisdom had granted this, because remember, the dispersion of the Jews had come from so many countries, and these people had so many natural dialects and languages that they spoke. So He gifts these blessed disciples with each of those languages. And they go around speaking to them the testimony of the risen Jesus Christ. And they and our Saint Peter, they speak to them describing exactly what they're witnessing on this day. What is all this fire and this wind? And what is. They look, I know you think they're drunk as they, as they complain about, but they're not. They're filled with joy, the joy of life again. And they're proclaiming this all over. And what are we told happens? Because of this miraculous proclamation of that day, and our Lord Jesus Christ, we're told that 3,000 were baptized in that blessed holy water, into the church, into Christ, and filled in the same way with the same Holy Spirit who would go out proclaiming these things. And don't let that number, 3,000 baptized on this day, don't let it slip by you too quickly. Because if we do, we're going to miss the perfect redemption of God. And again, it goes back to the Exodus account. You remember, Moses was up there with God. He was up there for 40 days in the wind and the fire and the fury. You know what God's people thought? Moses is dead. There's nothing to eat up there. And he's engulfed in flame. He's dead. And so they worried. They became anxious. And they turned away from God. And they created that golden calf. That they worshipped right there at the base of Mount Sinai. In the very sight of God. At the top of that mountain. And in the judgment of God for their adultery. Do you remember how many were slain? 3,000. 3,000 were slain in the wilderness that day. And God in His perfect love and redemption. To show them what has been fulfilled. When He pours out His Holy Spirit and they hear the message. 3,000 are brought back to life on this precious day. It's an amazing thing. But what does the water itself reveal to us? These waters of baptism. And what does it speak about the very Holy Spirit within us? You know, we've been singing about this reality from the resurrection to this very day all through Eastertide and now here at Pentecost. We've been lifting up praise to God the truths that we sing when we sing at the beginning of Mass, the video quam. Listen to what this water is all about. I beheld water, which proceeded from the temple, on the right side thereof. And all they to whom that water came were healed. Everyone. Just like the wind. When the wind hits the bones. When the water hits the dead. It comes back to life. You know, by the way, what we have been singing as a prophecy of Pentecost comes from Ezekiel as well. In Ezekiel 47, he was given a vision of that water flowing on the right side of the eternal temple of God. And it shows us in this vision, whether it's animals or plants or things of the earth or people that are dead are brought back to life in this vision. Same picture we get in Revelation 22 with the great river of life described to us flowing from the throne of God in the temple making it possible for all of the trees to bear the fruit of God Himself in them. The very nature of God. Fire and wind and water on the day of Pentecost. And again I tell you it tells us so much of not only God's recreation of us but it tells us of our new identity, but it also communicates to us our divine responsibility. My friends, our Lord at your baptism wrote the fire of His nature upon your heart. That's the law. The fire of His nature is written within you. And He breathed the life of the Holy Spirit within you, bringing you back from the dead and restoring you. You bear Him within you. And when that water came and washed over you, it restored you to life, back to the life given us in paradise. And we are given, I will tell you this, to be both receivers and deliverers. Or you might think of it as we are given to be carriers and couriers of the fire, the wind, and the water of God within us. For listen to what Jesus says in the gospel of St John in chapter 7 he who believes in me as the scripture said out of his heart will flow rivers of this living water what water water that brought us back to life water that flows from and through us to touch each one of us and to touch people in this world that they receive the water and their dry bones dance with life This is the truth of what the church is. But my friends, it does not happen automatically because we've been gifted with it. By the way, automatic is never a relationship word. It is never a relationship word. A word of union. A word of oneness. We need to heed the words of blessed St. Paul to St. Timothy. When he reminded St. Timothy, he said, Therefore, I remind you, fan into flame the gift God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This world, this dying and I call it dying and decaying culture that we exist in, desperately needs the fire, the wind, and the water of God, the person of the life-giving Holy Spirit, and we have it. We have Him. I pray His living waters will flow through us that we may with joy see the dead restored to life again and relish in our own salvation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.